This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, here we go again on yet another roller coaster season of fun and frustration back in League Two with the Shrimps. Uh, it's just myself and Joel tonight. We will have guests, uh, as per usual, from the management team, from the playing side, and from the boardroom. Uh, hopefully, just about every week this season. So, thanks for listening. But this is the first podcast of the 23 24 season. Welcome to ShrimpNet. Thanks for listening or watching. and. Uh, it's, as I said, just myself and the new face of the fans media, Mr. Joel. I was on Northwest tonight. <laughs> I was wondering when I was going to come in. The effervescent John, Joel Shooter. So welcome along. Yeah, I, 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 I kept that a little bit of a secret there. I was like, oh, look, there's Joel again. You know, <laughs> I, I, like, I, like, I like to think of you as my, uh, I've passed the baton on to somebody younger and cleverer than me. <laughs> <laughs> let's, at the very least, let's say more hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's very, very true. But uh, looking at your dad's hair, I don't think you're in uh, any any danger of losing that sometime soon. Yeah, I think I've looked out uh, jeans-wise there. Yeah, I think you have. Yeah, you're right. So anyway, right. So um, obviously here we are again. Um, I've I've seen one friendly. How many how many friendlies have you seen, Joel? I've seen two. All right. Was that was that Warrington and Wigan? Yeah. So right at the start and right at the end, and obviously. You you just thought you'd go and watch the games against rugby league teams. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I actually got I, I got really confused about what spot I was watching. I was like, <laughs> the ball looks really round here. I don't know what's going on. But then yeah, I, I started the. I mean, I remember after the Warrington game, there was quite a lot of uh, panic, doom and gloom. Yeah, there was quite a lot of doom and gloom. Like Warrington hadn't already played four like four preseason games already. I mean, Warrington as well. They had a decent team. They were uh, they had Peter Clark on trial that game as well, who obviously yeah. he's a bit older now, but he, you know, very much was a force to be reckoned with in League One and League Two for many, many years. Yeah. And you despite know, they, the fact he's now 112. Yeah, despite, yeah, exactly. <laughs> despite the fact that he was actually born in the 19th century. But uh, <laughs> but the traditional yeah, Victorian centre half. <laughs> exactly. And to be honest, he plays what like one as well, to be fair. They <laughs> didn't kick it. But you know they they were a decent side Warrington and ultimately you could very much tell it was you know the first run out for us and it was you know we weren't quite there there was a lot of people who weren't really gelling at that point and that but that's going to happen it's the first game of preseason where we haven't been able to get people in quite as early as we as we would have liked to and then we all know the reasons for that you know the budget was a bit kind of delayed in being confirmed and we've been waiting on trying to get the targets that we want to get rather than just kind of panicking just filling the whole squad with people for the sake of it so you know it's it's all it's always going to be a bit of a slow process and i think in the game since uh it has kind of shown that it's just a work in progress and you just have to be patient and not not completely lose your nut over look lo- losing to when you're already kind of rusty losing to a really sharp national league north side which isn't the worst level to be honest i i always go back to and this is Probably over, it is well over 20 years ago, 
uh, when we wolves wolves under, <laughs> uh, under our former our former player and assistant manager um, uh, uh, came to Christie Park and we absolutely dicked him six 0 and uh, it, uh, old leg losing he got taken apart by uh, Dean Howell and uh, we were like and Paul Ince played and oh they had a great side. And I was on holiday in Torquay and all my mates were texting me going 3-0 up, 20 minutes gone. And I was convinced they were taking the piss. And they just got, they'd just been promoted to the Premier League as well, haven't they? They, they got yeah. promoted to the Premier League under uh, under uh, Dave the Man, who, who ended up, you know, doing a really good job for them. And uh, it, it, it taught me that year, we ended up about, I think we ended up third, fourth, fourth from bottom, just surviving in the conference. Our worst season under Jim Harvey. So it just goes to show you, you know, pre-season games mean very, very, very little. Um, the, as I said, the only game I've seen was the Blackpool game. And that was, we ended up one all. Blackpool looked pretty decent, uh, but we looked pretty decent as well. And obviously we'll go through the signings as we go. But the, you you went to the Wigan game. That was, they, they were, Wigan were pretty good. Yeah, they were very, very good. I think... Uh... I mean, the thing you got to take from the Wigan game is I, I I think I don't think we'll see many League Two teams playing the way that Wigan played. Their movement and the way they're being coached and the way they kind of pulled us about and made shapes that kind of drag people out of position. It was really really good, and I was I, I was super impressed. I know it was only half a first team there, but like it was it, it was really cool good what they were doing, and it was a big challenge, especially in the first half. They really pulled us around a bit after about twenty minutes. But I thought what was encouraging about the week, uh, the Wigan game is the second half we had a load of subs come on. We had a load of people who I think most of us in our heads looking at the kind of recent starting lineups in friendlies probably had down as being more kind of our backup players, but fringe. they came on. Yeah, more, more fringe players, but to us they came on. They did a fantastic job. They upped the intensity. I think they, you know, they're there thinking we've got to make a case to the manager that we deserve to be starting, and then they made a really good case for it. And I think. It did ease some of my concerns about our squad depth that we've got hungry players, we've got a bit of quality, you want to try and show something when they come on them and, and you know, get a place in the starting line. And, and that was good to see. And, you know, at the end of the day, they've got a goal at the end, Wigan, and, you know, it's just a, a goal on the break from range. It's not, not too much to read into, and we were probably worth a goal in the second half. So, you know, they're in, like, while obviously look, there were times when we struggled against a, a good Wigan side who were really well coached. There were positives to be taken, and ultimately, you got to test yourself in preseason sometimes, and that's what we did. Well, I, you know, he's Derek said in in the past, and he likes to do it where he plays the away games on little non-league grounds where the pitches aren't necessarily that brilliant, and then he um, obviously he plays on Rob's Rob's green carpet at the Mazuma against a quality opposition, and that's the way it's turned out. It, you know, it would be remiss of me not to not to mention the ten-one at. Bursco, but it was Bursco, so it means absolutely nothing. But it's nice that people scored. But so moving on to the squad, um, the the one thing that remains a positive, I suppose, is the fact that um, despite the fact that you know Derek has come out and said he would like to have kept quite a few of the team, but couldn't for obvious reasons. The people who were under contract, thankfully, were Jacob Beddow, Faz Rawson. And uh, Jake Taylor, who were, and, and obviously Adam Mayer. Uh, and that's not a bad starting four, is it, really? I mean, I'm nothing against Max Melbourne and, and uh, Donald Love, but, you know, I, I think we're in the market for another left back. And I think senior is actually a right back. But but looking at the players we, we did keep, um, 
you know, that's not a bad starting lineup, is it? Those four. No, and I mean Taylor's been really unfortunate with injuries, but when he's when he's fit and on his day, he's probably going to be one of the better centre midfielders in League Two. And yeah, we've seen that under with his time at Port Vale. You know, he's he's a really good yeah. player, and that'd be good. I think Faz and, and and Jacob that I've what I've read a lot of uh, obviously preseason previews from people analysing Morecambe, and you know everybody looks at the kind of oh you signed Chris Stokes, that's a half decent. Addition, that's a pretty decent addition, I think, to the back line. A bit of experience, yeah, yeah. signing a bit of young, talented, but a bit of raw players up front. Oh, well, they're going to work out. Blah, blah, blah. No, nobody's picked up on the fact that we've got probably one of the best centre back partnerships in, in League Two. Going, I agree completely. Faz and Jacob will be, and I think as we talked about before, it's very much the the cat and dog, the the kind of the lion and gazelle. Yes, centre back partnership, and it's it's a really good. Partnership I, I laughed at that when you said it. Like- Please, no, I still think it fits <laughs> exactly. It fits completely well. Like you know, it's it's a great little partnership. And then backing them up now, we've actually got uh, Jan Songo will probably be the backup right centre back for for, yeah. for, for for thousand. And we've got Chris Stokes, who's a he's a really really solid addition and a really experienced and good footballer. So we're looking pretty good at the heart of defence. Don Love, I know he's had his ups and downs. I think I think he got very unfairly criticised at times last season. He's in fantastic shape fitness wise i think he's te- if you watch his game properly you, you see he's technically very very good and he's got he's got a really good first touch he's got a lovely first touch and when he gets his head down he's got a great delivery on him it's just he seems to panic sometimes and yeah he's get caught out maybe a bit of concentration and ballman there's a really good player in there i mean what was what was interesting actually again, i thought against wigan he played started right back had a decent game uh and you watch a lot of way, the way we build up as well. Actually, there's a lot of reliance on him at, at right back to. Yeah. He's a lot. He's, he's the out ball quite a lot of the time from our centre backs. Um, but we moved him into the centre midfield at the start of the second half, and he was there for about 15 minutes. He was, he was fantastic. His end yeah, uh, really, he, really he, smashing he, into people, pressing high, and yeah, weirdly, he showed more composure on the ball in midfield, which was interesting because I, I usually have midfield down as a harder place to kind of. Have composure because you've got people coming at you from all angles. Well, but traditionally, like, traditionally you've got less time, haven't you? So. Yeah, but he, he dealt with it really well. So who knows what's going on there? And again, yeah, Max Melbourne, very unfortunate with injuries, but he's a you know if it if fit on 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 his day, you know he's a good option in lead two. So there's a good starting basis for a squad, even though it's not very many players. They're, they're good players for this level. And oh god, I'm sorry, Adam Mayer. <laughs> Do I need to say much more? He's going to be very no. good at this level. He was good in League it's, One. He'll be very, very good in League Two. It was. I mean, I, I, po- I posted on Trump's Voices and the fact that just my observations in the Blackpool game were that um, Mickey Mellon and Adam Mayer are obviously spent a long time in the gym over the summer because they both look like men, not boys. Yeah. And I, and I think that makes a difference because what happens in 19, 20, 21, you do fill out and you do start developing. Your muscles tend to sort of like, you know, you can do a bit, whereas you're not you're not expending all your energy on growing that way. You, you can fill out a bit. And Adam and, Mick and both him and Melon seem to have turned into men since the last time they played for us. And that's going to, going to be a good thing. Really. Yeah, and I think I think with Melon as well, I think I, I'll always refer back to it, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember. I think it was Michael Appleton I once saw in an interview say he like he prefers to get players on second loans rather than the first loan because the first loan 
can be a bit of a bloody experience. And while the the talent is undoubtedly there, yeah, you know, getting used to men's football for the first time, the intensity, the competitiveness, the way that people buffet you about a little bit, it's difficult and it's something to get used to. And I think Jensen Weir is probably quite a good example. I know his initial loan spell with Cambridge got cut short, but he was fantastic for us. And he, he just went straight into the intensity and, and the kind of competitiveness. Yeah. And that was his second loan spell. And I think what we've only seen bits of it. It's only pre-season, so we can't go, get too excited. But at the same time, I think some of the kind of a bit more of the... the, the I think Mellon's shown a bit more steel and yes. readiness for the, the buffeting he, he's probably going to get in League Two. And I think... Ultimately, he didn't play that many games for us, but he's played. You know, he's played a few. He's been pushed about and shoved about and kicked, and you know, given a bit of a hard time by defenders in League yeah. One. And I, I, you know, and then he's had a few months to reflect on that, think about what parts of his game he needs to do a bit of work on, think about where in the gym, what what he might want to work on the gym, and just don't, just be mentally ready for it. And it's it's a helpful experience. It's why people get sent out on loan, and hopefully that will yeah. stand in good stead because you know, if he hits the ground running. Hopefully, he can, you know, he, he's somebody who's got the ability to notch quite a few goals in, in, in League Two this season. Uh, obviously, we're, we're sat here with the benefit of um, Captain Hindsight, and the squad numbers came out yesterday. And there's been a, a lot of rumours flying around that there was a, they were pinning our hopes on a couple of, um, well, two or three really quality low knees. Obviously, Mellon falls into that category, but looking at the, the squad numbers that came out yesterday, it's hard not to think that Tom Bloxham and Eli King were we've been playing the long game with those two because they both feature in the in the, the what you would class as the starting eleven in the shirt numbers, don't they? Yeah, and obviously we know that Derek Derek Derek's not one for uh, you know making your number forty one Declan Rice etc. Uh, you know, <laughs> if Declan Rice is playing for Derek, he'd be number four, number five, or number six, and there'd be no arguing about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, and you know, he he does tend to make kind of some kind of intention there. At the same time, don't get it's not worth getting too head up about. But but also, you know, Derek does. I think he does obviously show a bit of you know, something in his squad numbers and, and the kind of faith he likes to put in players. But at the same time, you know, who knows? And I think, like you say, blocks him. I I I've only seen him for one game against Wigan, but I was super super impressed. He's got you know, I good faith. Good, I know for a big man not to get yes. to hit the cliche. What's that? I mean, six foot five, right? Winger, yeah, like, 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 uh. when he signed, I remember when he signed and, and he's an attacker, he's played a bit down the middle for sure. He's played a bit out wide, and you're trying to work it out. And then he, I remember catching an interview with him after the uh Blackball game, which I wasn't, which I understand he played in the wing, but he wasn't what well, obviously I didn't watch it. He was saying how he likes to beat his man and get across him. So I was like, okay, so he's been very, it sounds like he's wants to develop as a winger. Um, yeah. I'm very happy. That was a great, great fit, by the way. Great. Yeah, finish. it was lovely. Yeah, lovely control, wasn't it? The back post. Outside of his right foot, just guiding it into the far post and in. Yeah. Finish. Well, I so, think he's got a very delicate touch. I mean, there was a couple of like yeah. high balls he took down really nicely. He'll show kind of deft touch with a bit of skill, drop a shoulder, body swerves and stuff. So, like, I was really, really impressed by him. I think he'll be a really big player for this this season. And like you say, Eli King, we only saw 20 minutes of him on on uh, against Wigan. At the same time, he's he's a he's he looked pretty handy technically, but also quite aggressive. He's a big lad despite his age, and you know I think we've got quite a really nice array of players in midfield, and he's he, and he's one of them. Will he start the first game of the season? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. We you know he's got some good competition. I don't know if he's seen his competition to Songa, if he's seen his competition to Davenport. 
in a more ball playing role. We'll have to see, but you know, he, he seems you know the size he is, and he looks like he's got a, he's pretty handy technically. He can kind of cover both bases there, which is really good to have. And uh, Jacob Davenport um, again, an, another one where we're, we're taking a bit of a chance on him. He's played not many games in the last three seasons. I speak to a couple of Blackburn mates who said he was a good player for Blackburn, but he was just never fit. And that was in the championship. So we're two divisions lower. If he can stay fit, um, like I say, I'm fortunate to see him for sort of 65 minutes against Blackpool. And uh, he, he, he did look like he, he, he liked he liked to, shall we say, move things quickly. And I like yeah. that in the field there. Because it's, it's always difficult to pin people down if you've got you're aware of the space and the players around them and they just shift it quickly. Then you're a hard person to mark, aren't you? Exactly, and, and and you know, I think what we've learned from how Derek likes his sides to attack, it's not necessarily. I think people, when 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 you're a bit direct and you like to move the ball forward quickly, it's inevitably going to involve some long balls, and I think people associate that kind of thing with just getting hit, just hitting long balls. But I think the impression I've always gotten from Derek when when we've had him on this podcast is more that it's not about hitting balls long; it's about and speaking to some of his players, the players he's played under, it's more about. Just getting it forwards quickly, catching the opposition off guard, not giving them time to set themselves in defence, and 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 being able to move it quickly and look for those gaps. And Davenport, like you say, you know, he's he's a player who likes to get on the ball, but like move it quickly. He's got a lot of ability. I think anybody who's watched him pre-season can see that. He, yeah, he, he can he can and he tend, he, he looks to be more of a kind of somebody who can provide from deep. But at the same time, despite being a kind of more technically minded player who plays a bit deeper in midfield, he, he scraps. He gets stuck in. I remember yeah. the highlight. I, I watched the highlight reel of him playing for Blackburn a bit, and a lot of them, uh, a lot of his highlights yeah. are just horrible tackles. Tackles, yeah, I watched, I watched which that is, as which well. is really and good. Thinking, and, and he's not a big lad, really. He's not, so. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not. He's not a big lad, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with him as signing. I mean, well, I mean, with injuries, I think being the club that we are, we, we sometimes have to take these risks, and, and that's the position that we're in. Sometimes they'll pay yeah. off, sometimes they won't. You know, it could be that you know he, he might end up been injured a lot of the time and, and that'd be really unfortunate both for him and for us but at the same time it could be a, could be a Greg Lee kind of situation where when we signed Greg Lee they obviously come off the back of a couple of bad hamstring injuries we didn't know if it was yeah. going to work out turns out that his injuries over the past couple of years were just kind of a, a one-off thing and he was absolutely fine maybe it'll be the same with Davenport I mean we can only we can only hope really because he's a really good player and it'll be a really good addition to the team if we can keep him fit and uh, I, want, I want to come on to the um <laughs> I'm going to call them the boring name trio because <laughs> we've got uh, Smith, Smith, and Brown. <laughs> so Adam, Adam, and Adam and Stuart Moore finding it, fighting it out for the uh, for the first spot. Again, you can't read too much into it, but Stuart Moore's got the nod as number one, and, but Adam Smith was the number two anyway. Uh, but I always thought Smithy would looked okay, but I, I'm interested to see Stuart Moore. He looked. He made a really good save against Blackpool, um, spread himself really, really well. Um, my criticism on the night was that he, he he didn't come out quick enough. If he come out, he could have stopped Blackpool's goal because um, the lad got it and knocked it through Fazzy's legs. And then his second touch was terrible. He knocked it 10 yards ahead of him. And if Stuart Moore was a sweeper-keeper, he'd have just smashed it into the stand. But that's just one, you know, that could be complete utter rubbish. He might be brilliant. Um, but then obviously there's uh, Cammy Smith. Cammy Smith came on against Blackpool and looked a little bit lost, I have to say. He came on for JJ McKeon, and who we'll come on to in a minute. 
But he came on and played in that 10 role and did not have the impact that I wanted at all. Um, and I, I just basically thought, well, you've got to give the lad a chance. I'm not saying he's, you know, yeah. it was it was a tough 20 minutes for him. and it, But he did look, you know, Blackpool brought a lot of subs on and they were knocking it about. And unfortunately, Cammy Smith was just chasing shadows for his 20 minutes. He very rarely touched it. Shame, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, when he came, he did a great job against Wigan, to be honest. And yeah, which is good. Yeah, and I think, well, I think, like I said before, like the, the good thing about well, the thing I took away from Wigan was the subs were really hungry to make an impression, and they worked really hard, yeah. and, they, and they showed bits of quality. And I thought Cammy Smith was probably the standout from that. I thought he he hunted for, he hunted for the ball really well. He he went and hunted for the ball. He tried to take up the half turn. He tried to make things happen. It didn't always come off because Wigan well, are a good side. They've got good players. They'll snap into you and uh, make it difficult. Yeah. They were doing a lot of quite. Very reasonably so for a friendly. There were lots of lots of stupid little nasty little niggly fouls to break down the tap. I was like, come on, fellas, it's a friendly for Christ's sake, get over yourselves. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so basically, I I was but I was impressed by him. At the same, I think he's an interesting player, Cammy Smith, because it seems he was very very highly rated as a youth player. And, yeah, you know, you, you kind of go through his career. And he's, he's he's one player of the season with uh with seven million. <laughs> And then, and then Martin Thistle said he was stealing a living. It's just yeah, and he just seems to have tailed off in the past couple of years. And and look, I think we can obviously see there's a player in there. He wouldn't have got the accolades and and the, and the ratings no. he did when he was younger by being crap. Sometimes things happen, personal life, a move, a manager no. takes a manager just doesn't really fancy you or something like that. You know, it could be anything, and it just doesn't work out for whatever reason. So, you know, hopefully. You know, we've got a good track record of kind of putting an arm around the shoulder of players who maybe like lost their way over the past couple of years. Not it's not quite worked out for them. And you know, Tom Bark, yeah, Tom, Tom Barkhausen, Jamie Devitt, you know, Devitt, exactly. Yeah, so there's many the, examples. You could, you could name them, couldn't you? So yeah, there's so many, and and hopefully that's something that Cammy Smith can do because there's obviously a quality player in there, and sometimes you've got to take a bit of a chance on people. And it, it looked very much so, very much like uh, against Wigan, he was raring to prove himself and, and show what he can do so hopefully you know I think we're going to talk about JJ McKinnon in a minute but I hope it looks like JJ McKinnon has got the kind of number 10 spot for now but hopefully you can give him a proper challenge you know yeah you never know Cammy Smith could be our surprise package so. exactly yeah and that that'd be good um I will come to JJ now like I say it's difficult to judge um but I was very impressed with him in the in the 65 minutes against Blackpool I thought he looks like he's got a head on his shoulders he keeps his head up really well um, he's got really, really good feet on a couple of occasions. Bamboozled a couple of Blackpool players by fainting, pulling it back, dragged back, and hitting a nice pass. And and I think it it's one of them where he, he is still young. He's been playing for Eastley uh, in the similar role. Um, loads of clubs were after him, so I think we've been very fortunate to get him. Um, but I think it's one of those we'll we'll we might be talking about him at Christmas, saying, "Well, you know." I hope it's saying, well, he's he's discovered some he's discovered he can do this at this level. Um he reminded me, and for those listening who are old enough to remember him, he reminded me of a number 10 we had many, many years ago called John Norman, because he had quick feet, wasn't particularly quick, whereas JJ is actually pretty quick. But he he, he keeps his head up and he looks for players around him. And I just hope he's one of these people who uh who can I think and I think you touched on it when when we were coming on air. He needs to be able to find other players. He was trying little one-twos and stuff like that on the edge of the D. And, and I like that because I think it's inventive. His movement was good. 
Um, and against Blackpool, obviously, we were making the point when we were stood in the Halo Terrace, as it's now called, we're not going to play that that sort of quality every week, you know, because we're not. Because mm. Blackpool, are, you know, they've got a decent squad. Because um, Critchley's, you know, they, they let Medine go and Critchley got him back and he's kept CJ Hamilton, et cetera, et cetera. So they've got a decent squad. So just from what I saw, maybe I'm wrong. I could be way wider than mark, but because McKinnon was was really, really sought after by lots of sides and we've got him, perhaps Derek's thinking, well, I'll make him me 10 because we'll give him a run and see how he does. And I hope it works out for him. Yeah, I mean, I remember when, when we first signed him out, there was a good bit of highlight footage of him. I think the impression I got of him, and, and I think that's been backed up when I've seen him in pre-season, he's very forthright when he gets the ball. He doesn't like to yeah. faff around and... Again, I think that's probably why Derek seems like quite a good fit. I think a lot of the people have been... I spoke, spoke to had a quick chat with a couple of people who watch a lot of National League football and they think Derek's a really good fit for him. Just somebody who, you know, you know he'll take the ball, he'll be aggressive with it, he'll dribble, yeah. he'll try and make something, he'll try and get the ball moving forwards. He won't just faff around with it, you know, it'll be... Forward, it'll be a forward dribble, it'll be a forward pass, you know, trying you know, try to get something to happen and, and at a decent speed and tempo as well. I think another thing that people pointed out as well, he's pretty physically adept. He works very, yeah, very hard off lad. the ball. He's a big, he's a big lad. lad for his age and like yeah. he works very, very hard off the ball. He don't, he don't mind putting a tackle in. And it all seems to be a really good fit for that kind of a that kind of a kind of more of a number 10 attacking midfielder under Derek. And yeah, like you say, I think. He's got good technical ability, you know, he's inventive, he's looking for to make stuff happen and hopefully he can hit the ground running in League Two because, you know, I think there's a good set of midfielders behind him, the the the, the, the kind of front line ahead of him. It's it's a bit raw, but it's full of talent. So I think the one thing I will say, Joel, is that the front lines are now full of pace. Yeah, it's, I mean like that's I didn't think there is a that there's nobody who's like Gary Thompson level pace, but everybody's just quite nippy. Yeah, the the first ten yards of Mellon, Mayer, and Bloxham are all enough to set a defender. Oh, hang on a minute here, you know. Yeah, I mean, and Charlie Brown, he's pretty quick as well. So. Exactly. Yeah, and I think I think we could do with a little bit more depth up top. I think we'll yeah, yeah. come to this in a minute, but obviously it looks like we've got Derek's wanting three more signings. Obviously, one of them will have to be a left back, but I think the other two could be, we could do with a winger and a, another centre forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I agree. but oh, at the God. moment. I agree with you. <laughs> oh, I know it's really annoying, isn't it? <laughs> but like, uh, but at the moment, you know, I think our starting from three of Blocks and Mellon and uh, Mayor, which is what it's looking to be at the moment, I think that's really quite strong, quite talented. I know it's a bit raw and inexperienced, but there's lots of legs in there. The skill is a bit, you know, Mellon's quite handy in the box. You know, you know, he works himself into space quite well. Mayor's had a good bit of experience at League One already. Boxers had a good bit of experience at League One. You know, they're, they're, yeah. decent, they're good players, and it's just a, a case of you know hoping it all gels well and, and we can kind of get them grooving. Because if they get grooving, they're, they're, they're going to be a real threat in League Two next season. And as we've said, that Derek Derek has a has shown he has a love for giving people a chance. He came into the club, and when we were battling relegation, he gave Carlos a good go, and look where he is now. You know. Um, which is great, but he also what, what I like about Derek is he always he always gives free reign, and he said this on the podcast when he's been on, and all the players have said when you 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 get in the opposition half, you've got free reign to express yourself, and that's what I like about if you look at it in the past, Aaron Wildig thrived under Derek 
as did Adam Phillips on loan on two different occasions, uh, in the fact that they were all happy because they were allowed to get in the box and, you know, and that's where I think McKeon will do really, really well, uh, hopefully, alongside, you know, as you've said, uh, the, the front three who haven't got a lot of experience, but given their age, they, they're not bad, are they, really? Yeah, no, they're good. I mean, I mean, it, it's interesting, the whole, the kind of, the, the, all the stuff about the way that Derek likes to, people, to, his, his teams to attack. I remember, this is probably going a little bit nerdy, but uh, I was listening to it. I was, I was, it was a podcast with a Scottish football coach, and he kind of, and he kind of says he, he feels that there's two kind of main kind of schools of thought in in how you're attacking football these days, and he and he kind of labelled them as positionism and relationism, and the positionism thing is is kind of very much the kind of Thomas Tuchel style of coach where he wants yeah he has a plan he, he knows where he wants all his players to be and they have to stand in certain positions to make yeah. these triangles and squares in order to kind of bypass the opposition by playing passes around each other and stuff like that and it's yeah. all very planned and, out and by that, the coach and that creates space supposedly yeah and that creates space and you know that and 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 then you have relationism which interestingly enough he he he, he kind of this coach who puts forward this idea he says that's much more of a south american approach relationism when you just say boys just play, improvise, yeah. adapt to the situation and, and stuff like yeah. that. And that seems to be much more of Derek's approach in the Derek, it's, yeah, it's, it is. it's giving right. people freedom to express themselves, to build relationships organically and to and to read the situation and, and, and kind of adapt adapt appropriately and work out solutions and be, and be creative in that sense. So basically what I'm trying to say is uh, Derek Adams is more akin to a kind of Samba Brazilian style of football than any pragmatic European nonsense. And, and the funny thing is, people listening to this will, there will be people openly laughing at that. Yes, it's just like that's, <laughs> that, that's not the Derek Ball that I know. But the thing about <laughs> De, the, the thing we know about Derek Ball is Derek, Derek, Derek is very, very, very structured when we haven't got the ball. But he, all his players, every single player we've had on the podcast for the past sort of three seasons, has said, when you go forward, you get carte blanche to do what you want. This has been confirmed. By Adam Phillips, Aaron Wildig, John O'Sullivan, Cole, Cole, Carlos, everybody, you know. So from that point of view, that was and that was a successful League Two team. Yeah. And Carlos, Carlos in the opposition half, Carlos could Carlos could do what the hell he wanted as long as there was end product. And at the end of the day, who who created the most chances in League Two when we got promoted? Malkin. Yeah, we created the so, most big chance in the league. It was us, and you know we had the I think we had the highest XG four as well. Sorry, but we did. <laughs> but so, I'll tell you what, you've done well. That's that's over half an hour, and you've you just it. I'll, I'll <laughs> kept my lips sealed, but it's it's a, it's a worthwhile start. It's over the course of a season as well, so you you know it works out statistically with all kind of sample size and everything. But you know we we did you know we were really good going forwards, and it was yeah. the band, and he just found a style that worked, and he got players that worked for it, and you know. Uh, we, look, when 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 it's grooving, you know, Derek, Derek Ball creates a lot of chances, and yeah, Derek Samba shrimps. That's all I can say for this season. Exactly, and I, and I, I think uh, I think we both agreed that uh, the re-signing with Jan Songo, um, <laughs> you know, it was a welcome return for him, and I, I think we both agreed that we we expect four goals from midfield with a combined length of twenty eight yards. So that's three from a yard. And one from 25 yards, just like in the promotion season, Jan, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, please. Thank you, Jan. And hopefully and hopefully as well, we will actually win the game when you score a screamer because it, it, it saddens me greatly that we went on to lose that Newport game 3-1 when Jan yeah. scored a goal of that quality. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, just, it just feels wrong. 
other three were all they were going in anyway and I got a touch at the far post yeah I mean there was one that he very much definitely stole off Carlos yes (laughs) and then very very unashamedly celebrated it yeah yeah, did he ever and then the the in-swinging corner at Walsall which was probably going to hit the post and go in and he just went (laughs) oh no no the keep no that was it the keeper saved it or someone hit the bar or something it was bouncing down That night, Percival's there, ready to tap it in. Yeah, he just him out the way, kissing <laughs> ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, good lad, young. Nice to have oh, him yeah. back. Yeah. So the only one, the, the only one we well. haven't really spoken about is Charlie Brown, isn't it? Because we we haven't seen that. I, he he literally got a fleeting performance as sub, but was very very highly rated at Chelsea uh, as a 17, 18 year old, but doesn't seem to have adapted well to the men's game. Yeah, I mean. MK Don's had him for a bit and he looks like he's done a job for them and not without tearing up any trees. And then Cheltenham have obviously gone and paid a bit of a fee for him. Yeah. But I think it's worth remembering with the re and but he's 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 mainly been limited to appearances off the bench for Cheltenham, but it's worth kind of putting forward the fact that it looks like he was very much signed as a competition for Alfie May. Yeah. Being a technical forward who's skillful and can finish. Uh but uh, I don't know how you get looking against Alfie. I know uh, Conor Ripley's best friend, obviously Alfie May, I don't, with the form he's had over the past eighteen months. I mean, yeah. <laughs> how do you get how do you get a looking against him? You know, so it's been a tricky. You know, that's that's how that's how your life goes. Sometimes as a, as a footballer, you get signed for a club, and then you yeah, know, the player in your position who you know, who you're kind of fighting for a position with against. They they just have an unbelievable run of form. I know people have slammed John Beaker a bit, but and he was very unlucky with injury, obviously. But also he's yeah. very lucky with the fact that the person yeah. he was competing for with uh, for a position with was Cole Stockton, who had, I think, arguably one of the one of the best individual seasons we're, we're, we're ever going to see. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've definitely. ever seen from a Morgan player. Yeah, um, well, yeah, and if know, he gets anywhere near that again, with he'll he'll still be a folk hero for them, but. I, I have my doubts. I really do have my doubts. I hope he does. I hope he does because I like him as a lad. But you know, the the part, part of the problem is that you know he, he sold for probably two thirds of the season last season, and that didn't help us, did it? No, it didn't help. And you know, there, there, there's there's a lot to unpick about that whole situation, all the nonsense that got kind of done around it, and and, and the disappearances from the team, and and all that. And yeah, ultimately, you know, when he when he kind of showed. Showed his quality at the end of the season. I think it showed you what we'd been missing all season. And to be honest, he didn't need. Yeah. And even Cole not scoring, just putting a shift in and holding the ball up would have been a great. Yeah, we haven't we haven't had that. We didn't have that all season really for until until the last minute goal against Wigan. Essentially, no. even before that point, he played crap against Wigan. Yeah, right, yeah. and uh, against Wickham, sorry, but. You know, it showed what a loss it was. And then obviously, as well, having Kieran Phillips, having him find a find a kind of good vibe and role for him in the side, him linking up well with Jensen and then striking up a bit of a partnership with Cole and Cole seemed to kind of grow into that partnership as well. And then obviously in having a major hamstring injury and being ruled out for ages and, and having to go back to Huddersfield, you know, it's just very unfortunate really, but it is what it is. We're in League Two now, um, you know, so we just got to get, can't make the most of it and hopefully surprise a few more teams in what's looking like a very, very competitive League Two. Yeah, and uh, we'll just I'll touch, just touch on it. With Derek's hoping for three more to come, so you never know. It might be Kieran Phillips. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I'd, yeah, I'd be. I'd do it. I'd. I'd be surprised if he's recovered. A. A. If he's recovered from his injury, it sounds like it was quite severe. 
And also as well, he's I, not a pick for Fleet for Huddersfield, does he? So. No, and also as well, if I'm Huddersfield, he's just banged in what seven or eight goals for Morecambe in half a season. I'm not going to send him down to League Two. I'm going to send him to another League One club, which is yeah, being brutally honest. But I don't no, know no, no, no. I, I was just saying, you just three more to come. You just don't know who it is. It's no, like... you don't know. But I'd be very, very shocked if he ends up back here because of his quality. And I think he and Huddersfield will be rightly looking for him to have a League One loan again. And and it would be remiss of me not to mention uh, uh, Young Dobson and, and Cameron Rooney both being featured in the uh, the match day squad because at some point I mean obviously they'll get probably get more minutes in the uh, Tim Pot EFL Trophy etc cetera, etc cetera. but um, Cameron Rooney's been uh, you know he's he's been on on the show he's been, he's been on the periphery for at least you know since Christmas and they, they were talking about him so. They've got high hopes for him, and it, it, from that point of view, both midfielders. Uh, Rooney likes a goal. Um, if they can turn out half as good as uh, Adam Mayer, they'll do okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, you, you want to be blooding a few young players. At, at the end of the day, we're not. We're probably not going to be relying on them too much this season. But well, I say that if you'd asked me a year ago that we'd be relying on Adam Mayer to the, to the extent yeah. we did at some points last season, I would have been what? Who? Who's that? <laughs> but like. So you just don't really ever know, to be honest. But yeah, look, we'll keep them. The t- uh, obviously, we're going to make a few more signings. That, that and Rooney and Dobson are probably going to be on the fringes. Maybe they'll go out on loan for a little bit as well. Who knows? But you know, I very much be. I, mean, I, I saw them play a little bit against Warrington. They both look like pretty handy, neat, neat technical players. It's hard to make too much of a judgment because it was the game had gotten a bit stretched. We couldn't have had players in like random positions at that point. But they showed, you know, they showed themselves to be quite handy little capable players. So hopefully, whether it's making an impact in the squad with also going out on loan. Hopefully they'll be able to make an impact and keep progressing. So I'll uh, I'll I'll go back to your last segue, which was going to set me up nicely for who is going to be who is going to be challenging at the top of this division. Um and I, I don't think you need a crystal ball or uh, <laughs> uh to to actually n- not name the four teams that you think are going to be there or thereabouts. You'd have to be living on the dark side of the moon, surely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, um, I, I agree with you. I, I think Notts County are going to be the ones to watch. So, I mean, anybody who signs Danny Crowley for a start, uh, but McGoldrick, um, they're paying him rather silly money, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, apparently, I mean, it's less than what Derby are paying him, obviously. Apparently, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, they'll be paying that, a fair bit of whack. Apparently, apparently, it's a move that's got an element of romance about it because obviously, yes. David McGoldrick came through at uh, Notts County. Uh, who okay. knows? But and obviously they've obviously got a bit of cash to throw around signing players like you know, like Crowley as well. And who knows how much they're paying him? But I think at the end of the day, you know, I the one positive of getting relegated from League One was thinking, great, we won't have to get face David McGoldrick and watch him score a hat trick against us. And now he's followed us to League Two, <laughs> which yes. is really really annoying. But. uh yeah, but Faz is still smarting from that penalty at Derby because he Ooh, never took. Yeah, that, no, that that was a terrible decision. That that, that made me very angry, despite the fact that we was were home, three nil down. Penalty that. Yeah, the fact, yeah, exactly. It was it, and despite the fact that we were three or four nil down, it didn't really make a difference. But you know, yeah. very annoying. But I think, um, yeah, I just I just think that comparing to the, I mean, it's hard not. We've got to speak about them at some point, haven't we? But comparing them to Wrexham, I just think there's a bit more. Throughout the side, about them, I think they're just a bit stronger and more well balanced. Throughout the side, they've got a really, really good coach who's, who's coaching them in a really nice way. I think 
Yeah, and then the, the additions of Crowley and, and McGoldrick are just insane for this level. They've kept hold of some players that they didn't think they maybe kept hold of. I think Langstaff is still there. There's a wing. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. He's very, very skillful. They've kept hold of him. They've got Carl Cameron in defence. He's a great defender. So, they, yeah, they're, they're shaping up really nice. And I, I personally think they'll probably win it. Uh, I think Stockport will be up there as well. They're really good. They were really impressive in the playoffs. But Well, so, I mean, Stockport, signing Nick Powell. That's, yeah, uh, Nick Powell. Again, Again, what, exactly. You're like, dear God, you know, he's going to tear us a new ass. But know, yeah. does, it, does he like Manchester that much? Jesus, me. Well, yeah, exactly. But um, Ibo Toure, we signed him as well. So, it's not Ibo Toure. Yeah, we no, signed Ibo Toure. So, and let's be fair, he's, he's, he's far and away the best left back in this bloody division. So, yeah, he's well, yeah, yeah. Salford have done well to keep him as long as they did. As long as they have, yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, and interestingly, um, Kyle Noyle and Kyle Noyle is, I think he's won promotion three times with three different sides. Yeah, he's he, again, he, I think he was what he's the he's the, he was the right back when from our promotion season. I thought you absolutely locked Carlos down here. Yeah, that's right. And he was at Cambridge and he's done it yeah. with Swindon and he's done it with Crew. So it was like, look, he held. No, he's so, a cracking player at this level, Carl So, yes, be he is. A he's real a good force. So, so, I think you're right. I think Stockport were ever invested. And I think they are going to be thereabouts. And obviously, you know, we talk about Hollywood and Wrexham. Um, you can't you can't ignore them. Obviously, they had a little bit of bad bad luck with uh, uh, the rat getting injured. Muller's um, on his pre. Yeah, yeah. We always used to call him the rat because he he was he, he, that was in our commentary because he was always like sticking his nose in where you. But I, I have never ever and never will criticize Paul Mullin because every time. He played for Morecambe. No matter how many minutes he played, he would not give up. He would no, be he chasing lost causes. Five yeah. nil down, he'd be chasing lost causes in the last minute, would Mullers. And uh, he has my ultimate respect because as a professional, he was always 100% for Morecambe and he hasn't got a bad word to say about us. So good luck to him. I hope he gets fit and what have you. But I mean, the thing with Wrexham, Notts County, and to a certain extent, MK Dons, they can assess the situation and uh, a bit like Bolton did in our promotion season. They can go out in January and go, dink, dink, dink. You know, they've got the financial clout to do that, haven't they? Yeah. I'm, that, I'm, that's I'm that's not, the difference, you know. Yeah. I'm, I mean, not, it's funny reading some of the previews. I don't think MK Dons have quite been rated as highly by some people. But you obviously, you've got, and like you say, they've kept Mo, the Moisa and stuff, and they've yeah, got really, real quality, haven't they? And I'm not sure yeah. they've quite got the financial muscle of your Notts Counties yeah. and your Exams, but they're still. A fair bit more than us, and well, it, it, the, reason I, the reason I think that is because some of their better players who perhaps didn't live up to what they did the season before when they had uh Troy Parrot, etc., who were obviously exceptional players, but they've kept Harvey, they've kept Moisa, they've got you know, they've got yeah, uh, a player, they've got Dennis from Sutton who was who didn't quite do it from last season, they signed him in January, but he's a good player, he's you know, these are, so I think you know. And that's that. That's them. They, and Alexander, as you alluded to, he, he'll change their style slightly. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you know, Graham. We, we know that MK Dons have been trying to do the whole passing thing, uh, yeah. but obviously Graham Alexander, he's, he's got his reputation as a bit more of a direct coach at this level. So it'll be interesting to see how they evolve and adapt. I think you, you know, and Lee too. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to Lee. Too. I'm looking for. Like, I I was really annoyed against Wigan because Wigan were. Playing nice football, moving the ball really nicely, being very, very patient with it. 
not getting drawn into the fact that we were very hard to break down, just patiently moving us about and picking spots and keeping the ball. I was like, this is crap. This is nonsense. I want to see Walsall come, come on uh, come on Saturday and just boot it up the pitch and Jan have a <laughs> bloody fight with somebody. I just, oh, I'm looking forward to it. I've had enough of this kind of tacky <laughs> kind of League One nonsense. I want some blunt thunder. I want long balls out. <laughs> I want pumping the balls into the channel. I want aerial battles. I want set pieces. This is this is what I'm here for. I'm, I'm excited. Can I say you'd be watching the big match repeats on ITV4 on a Saturday morning, aren't you? <laughs> it sounds well, like it, doesn't it? Brent, Brentford versus Fulham in the, in the Division 4 with Brian Moore <laughs> commentating and they're slinging mud at each other and belting each other and the referees <laughs> getting them together and not even booking them. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Brentford, they are currently like well regarded for the more direct counter-attacking approach in the, in the <laughs> Premier League. So it can work uh, across the divisions counter-attacking the low possession. Yes, exactly. And that's Derek Ball. Derek but Ball, they yeah. don't call it that. <laughs> so yeah, Thomas Frank Thomas Frank has posters of Derek Adams on his bedroom wall. Yes, of course he has. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and Derek knows it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, Thomas Frank, I'm led to believe he has a blue turtleneck sweater. <laughs> what can I say? Um, so those are those are the. I mean, obviously, you know, the, you you mentioned Gillingham will be might be there or thereabouts, and that's because the manager's not an idiot, is he? No, no, no he's a good manager. They're never vested a lot since January, so I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see him up there at all. Yeah, and they, they had they had good form, sort of like February, March, April, didn't they? They went like sort of twelve, thirteen, where they won, and yeah, you know, I mean, they they were bottom. Come January, yeah. weren't they? And then they've just yeah. they've, they've sort of their ownership out, uh, which might be another segue. Uh, <laughs> sort of their ownership out, and then they've been able to invest quite heavily. And 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 obviously with with a manager like Neil Harris at this level, you know you you you're, good, you're off to a good start, you know. Yeah, true. So that's the way. I'm not going to talk about who's going down uh, because <clears throat> I don't. I hope it isn't going to be us. I don't see us being anywhere there, but we'll we'll finish up with that one. Um, so the opening game on Saturday, Walsall. Um, I, I did a bit of research on them, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah it's a fair point. Uh, they've signed Chris Ossie. Uh Yes, he's he's uh, he's eighty-seven, but still got a great foot left foot. Jamil Matt, um, Aramide Ote, and Dan Johnson. So the three up top are actually pretty good, and they've they've got a lad called Freddie Draper on loan from Lincoln, and everybody's raving about him. Um, for sort of attacking midfielder. Good young manager Matt Sadler, um, who was a player for them. Sadler for the Sadlers. That's uh, it's quite quite a dull one. They've got a lot of experience up front, and a couple of they've got. I think they, they signed Farkerson as well, haven't they? As a as a centre back. Yeah, he's a good player. Him, yeah. Yeah, he's a good player, and but they've got the rest of them are quite young. They've got a young, young and dynamic midfield, and something tells me that Walsall fans think there's something's going to happen this season because. They've probably never bought more than three fifty four hundred to our place, and there's eleven hundred coming on Saturday. I know, yeah. I mean, I was chatting to a Walsall fan for a little preview thing for them the other day, and, and they seem quite confident of a of a good finish. Only slightly mitigated by the strength of the division. I mean, the, the uh, yeah. but, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, it, like they always say, give it ten games, and then we'll have a bit of a clearer idea. And you just never know. You never know how teams are going to gel. You never know teams aren't going to work out. You know, you just don't know. So. They look like looks like they've done some good business, but you know, hopefully we'll be able to put up a good a good game against them on Saturday. Yeah, but bringing the eleven hundred, well done to Walsall. That's that's absolutely brilliant. And uh, from our point of view, hopefully, 
<clears throat> somewhere near a sort of like three and a half, four thousand crowd would be nice to see in League Two because that would be unheard of for us, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, we we I think we're we're well over two thousand season ticket sales, which is really great. You know, you th- you know, you'd be concerned that they might dip a bit with the relegation and everything, but they've maintained, and that and that's really really positive. It's really good to see, you know, the, the fans and, and the town kind of gather around the the the, the players and, and and Derek and everybody, and and you know, show their support going to next season because you know, hopefully, it'll be another good one. Yeah, fingers crossed. And uh, uh, just a little bit of a chat about uh, our traditional uh, Carabao Cup uh, draw away at Rotherham. How many bloody times do we play Rotherham in this competition? Oh, no, I, I, think get I... Impre- I get the impression if we beat Rotherham, we'll get Rotherham in the next round. <laughs> Most likely. I mean, we, 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 we've had cursed years uh, for, for cursed bad luck for uh, for many years in cup draws, haven't we? And then we've got <laughs> some, like, a lovely couple of years some non-league teams in early rounds and then and Chelsea then big teams. and then yeah. Tottenham next year and it was the same, you know, and, you know, so it's, it's we've had a good couple of years and now, you know, our chickens are coming home to roost. The gods must yeah. punish us once again and make us suffer for a few years with Rotherham away on a Tuesday night. And I've nothing against going to the New York Stadium. It's a lovely ground. Nice the stadium, fans are all yeah. really nice. It is nice. It would have been worse going to Millmore. With that scrappy, the, the scrapyard behind the bloody away end and stuff, it's like, well, no, so it would have been. And I've got nothing against Rotherham. I'm just like, oh god, yeah. I've been there so many. I've been there so many times in the Carabao Cup, coming up from somewhere else. And obviously, as soon as the draw came out, um, yet again, it was Jack Dunn's Jack Dunn's famous hat trick as he came yeah, off. Yeah, always. That's his moment in the sun, isn't it? It always gets pulled out, doesn't it? Yeah. And Kev doing that absolutely insane flick it over his head and rolling oh, yeah. down something yeah. the touchline. Yeah, which was it's very unexpected at the age of thirty-eight, wherever he was then. Well, yeah, yeah, he's um, yeah, he's uh, is he still playing, Kev? Don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Finally, he's, he's finally he's he's uh, his father-in-law. So there's always a shovel there waiting for you when you finish. That's what kept him playing. <laughs> <laughs> Because his father-in-law dug holes, so that was it. I don't know if he was. I don't know. He might have been. He might have been working in a graveyard. I don't know. But that's that was the. Uh, that's what Kev always said. <laughs> my father-in-law says to me every season, "There's a shovel there for you, Kev. If you want it." And he went, "No, I'll keep playing." That's what <laughs> drove him on. <laughs> so um, it's been an interesting summer on the field. We now need to talk about a, uh, an uninteresting summer off the field. We, uh, we, we've not heard anything from Saab, Jot, and I think we can safely say, unequivocally from a fan's point of view, I think that's probably died the death, Joel, don't you? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're not going to get a confirming statement from Jason or Saab, Jot, that the, it's definitely not happening, because that no, that's just not going to happen, is it? But uh, no. at the same time, I think with the amount of time it, and just the, the, the lack of progress, and then suddenly Saab, Jot now, then saying... Oh, I'm, I'm actually now interested in buying Wigan. I think that's pretty much killed the move stone dead, which is probably for the best. It means we can kind of move on, and hopefully, uh, Jason and Bond Group will focus on a new owner who's who can prove their credi- credibility to the EFL and to the fans a bit more. And hopefully, that that process can be done as soon as possible because you know it's gone on for gone on for just far too long by now. And I think for all parties, it's best that it gets wrapped up to a, a credible and a reasonable party soon. Yeah, and that's all we can hope for because you, everything you see, um, you, you, see, you tend to see lots of interest. And in I, I, I just, I was hearing about um, um, some 
was it was it some Tom Brady or somebody like that invested in Birmingham City today? So <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. Well, exactly. So it's like well, yeah, he's made know. a few quid, hasn't he, Tom Brady? Yeah, exactly. So that, that, you know, it, it's just like a lot of Yanks getting involved, which is fair enough, and it would be nice to get somebody involved like that. But uh, we're still here. We're still kicking. We're still selling season tickets, and hopefully, there's still people listening to this this. Uh, Silly little podcast, Joel. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Hopefully I'm not sick of us yet. And don't worry, we'll so, have more people on this season. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So um, it, it's been nice to sort of catch up and, uh, you know, uh, just do our little preview. There will be, uh, hopefully we'll get guests sorted for, for next week and we can review um, the interesting start against Walsall. <clears throat> like we've said, we wouldn't read too much into it. And as for the Rotherham game, I'm just like... Yeah, I won't read too much into it, but if we do win, I will be convinced that we're going up. <laughs> well, I, I expect you to stick with that, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, from that from that point of view, you know, it, it would be nice. But the, so the final thing is, um, as you know, I am absolutely, utterly garbage at predictions, but we might as well get it out there so that we can be pilloried. Where do you think we're going to finish? <laughs> I think if we... If, if the last couple of signings are good ones and we, and we pull 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 out the bag with the targets that we're going for that, that Greg and, and Derek have identified, obviously. Sorry, that makes it sound like I know who they are. I don't know who they are, but, <laughs> but I, I back them to you know make good decisions. You know, to have good good targets in mind. It's just whether we whether or not we're able to kind of sort it financially and whether they choose well, us. Or uh, not. But, uh, Mbappe wants to move. Well, yeah, he's a, Mbappe wants to move. Maybe he wants to challenge himself a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, fingers crossed. We can do with another winger to get for a bit more depth. Obviously, I'm not sure if you're getting in the head of Adam Mayer, but we'll find out. No, but, uh, but but yeah, I think if we if we can nail the last few signings and we have a bit of luck with injuries, I think there's a half decent chance we'll get strong mid table. You know, probably maybe even top half. But but you got to remember that the division is really tough this year. Yeah, it'd be foolish to expect to get to be too angry if we don't quite manage that, especially if we get a couple of injuries. At the same time, I don't think we'll be really. I don't think we'll be close to relegation. Really, I think there's enough quality in that starting eleven. Hopefully, with a bit of added depth more as well. Once we get these last few signings over the line, you know, hopefully just with that bit more of the depth, we've got one of the we've got one of the best managers at this level. You know, and and a backers to not be, you know, come the end come towards the end of the season. I don't think we'll be. Worrying too much towards you know, the last few games. I, I'm, I'm going to do something now. I'm going to I'm going to claim safety in numbers here because I'm going to commit me and you, me and you together to say, with injuries, fourteenth, fifteenth. Yes, I'm, I'll go yeah. with that. That'll be yeah. the official Same. podcast prediction: fourteenth yeah. to sixteenth. Yeah, fourteenth to sixteenth with injuries. Stay injury free and. Eleventh or twelfth, maybe. Yeah, half decent cup run. I go as far to say ten to tenth to twelfth. How's that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, let's say that. Right. Locked that's in. it. We, we can get pillaried together when we're absolutely miles out yeah. and absolutely sail it and go up third behind Notts County and Wrexham and leave Stockport in the playoffs. That met my exactly. day. That yeah, that would be fantastic. I actually obviously I'd rather leave uh, Wrexham in the playoffs for. Because it'd be funny, and we'd get mentioned on the documentary a bit more. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. true. Yeah, yeah, I like that. yeah. The last if, yeah if, if any script writers watching that, then that's what we want to happen. Hi, so, I'm available for hire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I like that. Yeah, that's good. So thank you for listening. This has been the uh, shrimp net number 8,047, but it's number one of the season. So thank you for listening or watching. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully with uh, some feedback on Walsall with somebody from, as I've said, the management or um, the backroom staff or the playing staff. And we'll see how we get on there. Thanks, Joel. Uh, thanks for doing your shtick, as always. Uh, it's always it's fun. Um, we might actually get uh, a tame director on soon as well, because James and Charlie are keen to get involved, but both quite busy at the moment. This has been Shrimpnet. Thank you for listening. See you on the terraces. <laughs> <laughs>